Amen. Um, if we can, since I'm going to be yeah, there, we go. I don't even need to ask. Let there be light. No. Uh, <laughs> I am not God, that is for sure. <laughs> um, I just want to thank you all for having us back again. Um, if you were here last time, um, I already had somebody ask me. Oh, by the way, the children can leave. Sorry. Uh, uh, oh, they already took off because. Sorry about that, guys. Um, anyway, um, I already had somebody ask me if I'm going to do part of the talk I did last time. And I'm sorry to tell you, no. They were like, well, I think I'm going to keep the kids in here. But uh, we had somebody fall off the stage, almost break their neck. It, no, I'm kidding. Um, but. Uh, Anyway, my name is Jason DeZurek, and I'm with a ministry called Worldview Warriors. Uh, I live in Ohio right now. I have six children, all 14 years old and younger, two boys, four girls in that order. And um, yeah, I've been married for almost 16 years now to a wonderful wife. who Her name is Jaya, and uh, it's just an adventure, I'll tell you that. <laughs> and so... Uh, I'd just like to tell you uh, a couple stories tonight, and uh, I'm praying that God will use these stories in a way, not just to encourage you, but to equip you as well. Equip you for ministry, because you're all ministers, whether you know it or not, okay? And so let's pray, and we'll, we'll get to it. Lord God, I thank you for each person here tonight. I pray, God, that you would just... Make your presence known. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for being here with us right now. I thank you for each person in here that you have created, Lord Jesus. I thank you that you are creator. And I thank you that, that we can worship you. And that you will receive our worship. I pray, God, now that, that you would just really empty me out completely. Holy Spirit, just fill me up. I pray, too, that you would help each person here, especially in areas that they're struggling with, to say, you know what, I need you to take that over, and that they'd give it over to you, and that you'd fill them up. We thank you for being the king of the universe, for being so good. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. There once was this little boy who was really excited for his first day of school. He was five years old, and he's just a real little guy. But his mom and him were standing at the end of their driveway, waiting for the bus to come. And his mom was just so proud of him. I mean, just excited. It's his first day of school. That's her son. She loves him greatly. And this little boy is just all excited. They live outside of town a bit, so there's going to be a bus coming to pick him up. Now, this little boy is only five years old, but he isn't dumb. He knows there's going to be many kids on that bus, and some are going to be bigger than him. So he comes up with a plan to try to protect himself on that bus. And his plan was pretty simple. His plan was, once he got on the bus, to sit behind the bus driver. That'd be a safe place to be, right? So... His mom and him are hanging out, you know, playing games a little bit. And his mom, I'm sure, was just freaking out. Anybody had a child? 
go to school? It's a little nerve-wracking, isn't it? What's going to happen to my little boy? What's going to happen to my little girl? But you're still excited, but nervous. <laughs> so this, this little boy, finally the bus comes, and this little boy goes, goes, crosses the street, gets on the bus, and he gets up, gets on there, says hi to the driver, turns, and right here, where, this, where he was going to sit, it's full. So he looks over here. Hey, there's only one person sitting here. He figured that would be a good place to sit. So the, the young man that was sitting there, he was a little bigger than this other boy, but he let him in, and he gets in there. He sits down, and not more than 30 seconds goes by, and this bigger boy shoves that little boy right under the seat. And this little boy is going, <laughs> just freaking out. And the people behind him start doing this. bus driver did nothing. Nothing. This little boy, in that very instance, realized a few things. Number one, life surely had changed. Number two, people in authority, you can't trust them. Number three, not everybody is out for good. That little boy was me. I share this story with you not to go, oh, poor Jason. But to tell you that it took me years and years and years to get over that hurt and pain that one day changed my life for at least 30 years. Literally. And I didn't even know it. I didn't even know it. I'm a pretty feisty guy as it is. But that instance turned me into even more of a rebel than I already was. Because and I'm not saying that bus driver was a bad, evil person. I don't even know if she knew what was happening. But what ended up happening is people in authority over me, I always was skeptical of them. Would they protect me? Would they really do what they say? Or would they be like when that little boy got shoved under the seat and not do what they're supposed to do? Because I struggled with that for so long, a pastor friend of mine finally took me aside because he and I were having a conversation. By the way, you've got a great pastor here. He's pretty awesome. Okay? He really is. And I just met his wife, and she's not too bad either. <clears throat> <laughs> you see this pastor friend of mine and I were talking and we were talking about someone who had hurt me in my past and this was somebody who was in authority over me and I started if you will 
acting like a little kid. And my pastor looked at me and he goes, what happened to you when you were about four or five or six? And I go, what are you talking about? He goes, I thought you were over this years ago with, with the guy that I had issues with. It had happened about five years before. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? He goes, Jason, this guy that you're so mad at, you, you said you've forgiven him, but yet you're acting like a child right now. You're going, well, he's such a jerk, and I may have even said some words I shouldn't have. <laughs> I mean, it was bad. And I started thinking. And he said, we need to pray and ask God to reveal to you what happened to you when you were younger. And God brought to me, to my mind, what happened to me on that bus. It was painful. <laughs> going to be really honest with you. Made me realize that I hadn't dealt with that pain. And my pastor said, "Do you believe that Jesus or do you believe that God is omnipresent?" Now for those of you who are going, that's a really big word and what are you talking about? Omnipresent means that God is everywhere at all times. Which means he's here right now with us. It means he's in Ohio where we drove from right now in this very instance. We're going to Iowa in two days. He's there right now. And he's with that little boy on the bus at this very minute right now in the past. Because he's all time. And he's going, he, okay, just to give you an idea of how wild this idea is, he's even right now when we're going to eat in about, oh, 35 to 40 minutes. I don't get that. See, God is not just past, present, and future. He is. God is. And so he challenged me and said, you need to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you how you were hurt there. And he goes, he goes, you know what? And this is going to sound weird, but it's not. He goes, if the Holy Spirit reveals something to you about yourself right now, maybe, maybe act like you're talking to yourself when you're five, but telling the Holy Spirit, hey, I've become, I've become a guy who travels around you. You've got six kids. And, and just, he goes, just do that. Now, that may sound kooky and weird, but I'll tell you this much. It really helped me out. It was amazing. It was like I received healing from when I was five all the way until that time. I share this with you because some of you are just like that right now. In fact, I can almost guarantee that some of you really connected with that story. And it brought back to a memory of yours. And you're going... Oh, I remember that when that happened to me when I was seven. Or two, three, four, ten, whatever. Twenty-five. We're going to get back to that in a little bit. 
God also revealed something else to me. Something I was not expecting at all. And to be honest with you, it kind of ticked me off. God did reveal to me that I was hurt then and I needed healing. But the Holy Spirit also, I really believe, spoke to me in my heart and my spirit and said, what about the bully? What about the bully? That guy's a complete jerk. And God said, I've made him in my image too. I'm like, so what? (laughs) That jerk hurt me. And God said, I love him too. You don't know what was going on in his home life. You see, and I do speak to, to students about this, but I think it's even more powerful for adults because you understand what I'm really saying. If you have an enemy or somebody who's hurt you, you need to forgive. Because if you don't forgive, that unforgiveness starts to take root in you and it grows and the root starts to get bigger and bigger and bigger Anybody ever tried to dig out a dandelion? I mean, li- literally, I, I have, okay? Any, anybody here, raise your hand, because I want to see, no, I'm not weird, okay? Okay, okay, I got down, literally, it was me and about four people. We got down about three feet, okay? And we still didn't find the end of the dumb thing. I mean, literally, pull it out of the ground, we're like, what in the, that's what it's like, except I believe it not only gets long, it gets big, Think about a big weed when you pull that thing out, a big one. What does, is it just the weed that comes out? No, what else comes with it? Dirt, lots of big clumps, all that. So if we take care of that little problem, unforgiveness, right away, anybody ever pull out a little weed? That, I love those. I pulled out 10, and the other one, I'm like, we need to love the bully, too. We don't know what's going on in their life. I'm not saying that you should teach your children to get beat up. I want to be clear on that. Jesus does say, turn the other cheek. But you could leave too. Okay? I'm not dealing with this. Jesus Christ says in Matthew 6. I tell you. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. 
They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Can any one of you, by worrying about your children being somewhere else, add a single hour to your life? Mothers, can you add a single second to your life by worrying about your children, whether they're home or out of the home? You know, I, like I said, I'm a parent of six kids, and I realized I'm going to be a parent till I'm dead. I mean, I, you know what? When I first had, had our first son, I'm like, okay, 18 years of this. And then I got a little wiser and said, oh my goodness, I signed up for this for life. Whoa! What was I thinking? No. It's crazy. We need to love. You know, anybody love your morning coffee? Anybody love coffee in the morning? I do too. And every morning, I get up, get out of my bed, usually go to my chair, and I, I got my, my wife, she's so awesome, she bought me this chair for my birthday that fits both of us, and it's a recliner. Oh, it's awesome. I was like, that's what I want, and then I came home and she had it for me. What a good wife, huh? So I go out to my chair, and then I'm like, oh, wait, I need to go get some coffee. So I get the coffee going, you know, put the grounds in there, do all that stuff, turn it on, go back, doing my devotion, reading, <clears throat> praying, about 10 minutes goes by, I'm going back. I go into the kitchen. Sorry, this was kind of traumatic. I go into the kitchen, and there is coffee all over the counter. It is everywhere under the microwave under anything it can find under the coffee maker and i'm looking at it and i'm like what is going on here this stupid coffee maker and i lift up the lid and there's still water in the top grounds are in there floating all over the place and i'm like i knew it this stupid thing was on its last leg this stupid coffee maker as i'm cleaning up cleaning up by the way Anybody ever had to do this? Okay. It's everywhere. I mean, the next day you're still trying to find coffee. And that's really, okay, wives, you know what I'm talking about. As a man, I just can't clean up well. I just don't. Right? Yeah. Wives are going, preach it, brother. Tell our men to clean up better. Well, ladies, just so you know. Tough, you married us, okay. Um, so I'm cleaning up, and lo and behold, as I'm cleaning out the coffee maker itself, I find a little problem. And that problem was this in my haste of trying to get a pot of coffee, I not only put the grounds in the filter, I put it 
around the filter, which plugged up where it was supposed to come out. It's kind of like life. I was trying to blame somebody else for what I was responsible for. What I caused. I did it. That stupid coffee maker. By the way, it's still great. It's working awesome. But too much in life, we don't, if you will, look in the mirror at ourselves and go, how did I contribute to this conflict? How did I contribute to this problem with my brother, with my sister, with my mother, with you pick it? You see, only you can work on you. Only you can work on you. I mean, we're all good at fixing everybody else, right? Well, if they just would do this, everything would be great. That's called selfishness. I'm going to call it what it is. You see, each one of you, and look, I've had too many people come tell me that they hate this talk. Because it's true. Each one of you need to look in the mirror. Every one of us. Even me. And go, how did I contribute to this? And what do I need to do to forgive, love, whatever? So that there's reconciliation between that person and me. You see, Satan's a dirty dog. He's the enemy. And he wants to kill you. He's come to kill, steal, and destroy. That's the only reason Satan's here. Oh yeah, and he wants worship. I mean, he got kicked out of heaven. You're out of here. Why? Because he wanted God's job. He wanted God's job. See, we're supposed to rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. So when you are in a fight or a scrum or pick the word, pick up the mirror and go, Holy Spirit, how did I or how am I partially responsible for this? For those of you who are married, I want to tell you something. And I'm just going to get super real with you. The first year of our marriage was horrible. (laughs) And this was my attitude the first year of our marriage. Well, it's all your fault. And my wife was, I'm not submitting to that. If you want me to tell you the words, I can. But she was not in a good mood. And it took my wife, God bless her, it took my wife to finally say, okay, Lord, I picked this jerk, and you're telling me to submit to him? Fine. 
I cannot stand him right now. But I vowed to stay with him. And so I'll submit, even though I know he's wrong. Just so you know, that prayer happened. And when she did that, she not only gave me a gift, but she gave our whole marriage a gift. This is what happened. I realized what a jerk I was being. Because she was willing to put herself behind. Now, ladies, I'm not, I'm not trying to say, no, submit to your husband. That's not what I'm saying, okay? But for some of you, maybe I am. And husbands, it is up to you to love your wife as Christ loves the church. Let's see, what did Jesus do? Oh, yeah, he went to the cross. Uh, not just to the cross, but he got pounded on, beat on, whipped. Boy, that sounds like a good time. That's how we need to be with our wives. You said, what about my wife? She's a godly woman. Look up Proverbs 31. That's my wife. You know, I was going to talk to the ladies here, but man, I'm going to talk to you. What are you doing so that your wife becomes the wife she's called to be? And the wife and mother of your children that she's called to be? How are you helping her to be the best mother she can be? Because really, if she's messing up, it's our fault. It is. It's our fault. We're supposed to be the one to say, fine, I'm going to do it. That little boy. That little boy was me. If you've been hurt, you know what? Maybe somebody really close to you. God wants to heal you. He does. Are you willing to allow him to? Or are you going to keep going, no, I'm going to stay closed, and I'm not going to let you in there? I just like to pray and give each one of you just an opportunity to take time. Time with God. I am going to walk around a little bit too while I pray. And uh, if I lay my hand on your head, don't freak out. I'm just believing I'm supposed to pray. And I'm not going to like pray out loud for you and everybody's going, who's he praying over? It's none of your business. And I'm just going to pray. And as these guys do some worship after we're done, we're going to have some healing going on here tonight. You're at least going to have the opportunity. And it's up to you whether you want to take a small step or not. That's what I love about God. He's not a God of tyranny. He's a God truly of liberty. 
He's a God that loves you so much that you can go against him. He loves you so much that he died on the cross even when you were a dirty sinner. He said, I love you. I don't care if you even want me. I love you. You think you're garbage, you're not. You're made in my image and I love you. You've been told you're junk. You're not. I love you. I made you in my image. Those people telling you you're ugly, don't believe them. I don't make junk. I don't make ugly people. Let's pray. Lord God, I just thank you so much for each person here tonight. I would ask God that you would truly work in and through the people here. That they would truly know that you are God. I would ask God that the people that have truly been hurt, so hurt that they're just angry, bitter, maybe they're full of rage. God, right now I would ask that you'd help them to understand they need to give that over to you. And if it is a huge weed that's growing up in their heart, in their soul, God, I pray that they are courageous enough to say, rip it out. I don't want this anymore. Even if it leaves a huge hole, I need you to rip it out. Father God, I just thank you for being here. Thank you for how good you are and how much you love us. Because you are the king. As we continue to pray, if God is bringing a name to your mind, a person's face to your mind, as you're seeing that, I really encourage you out loud to say, I forgive you. Just say, I forgive you. You don't need to say their name. You can if you want to. But you see, Satan needs to know that you forgive that person that he keeps holding over you. You see, the only reason he has power is because you're giving it to him. So I just encourage you to say, I forgive you. Even if you don't. <laughs> Even if you don't. Friends, I was there. I did not forgive this man. And my wife said, you need to forgive and you need to say it. And I said, I don't believe it though. And she said, well, maybe that's the first step then. So on the count of three, I just want you to say, if, if you have somebody you need to forgive, I want you to say, I forgive you. You can say it loud, you can say it quiet, doesn't matter. One, two, three. I heard you guys. That's awesome. 
our lips moving. Now that's the first step. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Now that you've been able to whisper it, I want you to say it a little louder. Not for me, and not for, oh, just, ooh, so we can hear it. I promise you, your healing will begin, and you start moving. It's like a snowball going down a hill. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger and just keeps moving. So if you need to forgive somebody, I want you to say it out loud, even a little louder than you already did. I forgive you. It's just three easy words. Hard words for some of you, I know. On the count of three, say, I forgive you. One, two, three. Getting better. Friends, I know how hard this is. I've been through it. Now what I want you to do is I want you to picture that person in your mind. And I want you to picture them being hugged by Jesus Christ himself. And now I want you to put yourself in that picture. With you hugging that person too. And I know some of you are like, no way. Do you see it? On the count of three, say, I forgive you. One, two, three. Lord Jesus, I would ask that you would continue to do what you're doing in this place. Lord, I rebuke bondage in the name of Jesus. Anger, we bind that up in the name of Jesus. Be gone, be out of here. Bitterness and rage, be out of here in Jesus' name. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would just bring a spirit of forgiveness here. Healing and love. If we get the love part wrong, what's the point? Lord Jesus, I pray for new life. I would ask that they would really live by this name, new life. They become your church, the true church. Each person in here as they leave tonight, not that they necessarily need to go forgive that person face to face right away. Maybe they do. I don't know. But that in their relationships, they'd start using this. Not for them, but for you. And we lift this up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, this tour is called Restore and Embrace for a reason. Because we need to be restored back to the Father. Even if you're a believer in Jesus, we got a lot of work to do still. 
And it's not about work salvation. I'm so sick of that. It's about hearing God's voice and obeying. It's simple. Actually, it's really hard. But anybody feel a little better at least? Some, oh, we got somebody raising two hands in the back. Here's the thing. You need on your own to not just say, I forgive you when you're by yourself. And again, I'm going to be really real with you. I forgive Dave. I forgive Dave. You see, I still have to keep saying it because there's times where I really don't believe it. I'm still working on it. And it's been years. I share that with you so you know, I have, I'm not finished at all. But by God's grace, I'm hoping someday he and I can actually still have a conversation. On this side of heaven. Not in heaven. He's a brother in Christ. But I really don't want to talk to him right now. But I forgive Dave. So on your own, I want you to start saying, I forgive and insert their name. Friends, we're a part of the ministry called Worldview Warriors. And I hope you've been blessed here tonight. Again, we're going to be doing more, but we travel all around the country. We, we do an internet thing, all this stuff. It's, we got a community online. All this incredible things are going on. And I just get to be a guy who kind of like tries to conduct this whole crazy mess. It's like spaghetti. And it's just all, and I'm like, how are we going to organize this up? I just don't know. But we go around and we do all this for free will offering. We do have some churches that say, well, we don't do free will offerings. We're just going to pay you. So how much is it? And literally, this is what I say. Whatever you want to give. <laughs> because we've come to a point of trusting in God so much. Look, we love you, but you don't pay our bills. God does. That's totally true. Going on this trip, just so you know, Jeff, right here, his vehicle, three days before we're going to leave, $2,400 worth of fixing. And literally all of us are like, uh, how are we going to pay for that? The bill ended up to be only 2000 and something. But people gave us money because they knew we were going to, and we got 1700 bucks. We were praying and people just started giving money. That's God working in and through his people. If you want to hear more stories like that, um, I just want to show you I've written a book called How Being Consistent Changed Everything. I'm not going to say I haven't gotten any bad reviews on it, but most people who really want to grow, they're like, wow, I... How do you do this? Well, in the book, I kind of talk about it of how you get to the point. So what we like to do is just pray. We like to just pass a basket. And if God is calling you to give, then give. If not, then don't. 
just obey. If God says no, then no. And if some of you are going, well, I didn't bring any money or a check. Well, we love gift cards. And it's just burning a hole in your pocket anyway. Because who uses those dumb things? Not many of us. So let's pray. And um, the, the uh, Mark has told me, too, there's a basket in the back for your guys' offering as well. So don't think this is the offering for the church. I want to be real clear on that. This would be extra. <laughs> okay? I want to be real clear on that. So, Lord God, I thank you so much for each person here tonight. More importantly, I would ask that they truly would forgive. That's really what this is about. Help them to be restored in you. And we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, and I guess they're going to pass those things, and this basket is where you're going to put yours for the church. Over here. So they've got these things. I, I don't even know what these are, but yeah. <laughs> thank you, everybody.